Welcome back to the Mess to Success podcast. This is your host, Jordan. And wow, this episode is absolutely incredible. So I got the absolute privilege of interviewing Beck Stewart. Uh, she's a wellness and lifestyle influencer extraordinaire. She's incredibly inspiring, honestly, such a go-getter and she makes super real and authentic content. Like seriously, after having this conversation with her, I was so inspired to just like get my whole life together. Like she's just so inspiring. She's so well-spoken and articulate as well. Not only that, but she's also an entrepreneur with her very own business where she creates habit trackers to help women stay on track and reach their goals. So I got the incredible opportunity to chat to Beck and pick her brains about so many things about her social media, how she grew it. Also, she is still working part-time in her nine to five. So she works um, in corporate communications and marketing. So we had an awesome chat about that, how she juggles all of that, how those skills help her out with her um, social media and also how she launched her business and how she stays motivated and stays on track. Honestly, it was an awesome episode. She was absolutely the sweetest person ever. So kind, so clever. And this episode is just awesome. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So enjoy. Welcome to the Mess to Success podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm a life and empowerment coach for creative women who are ready for more and want the tools and support to get there. This podcast shares the no BS reality of building the life of your dreams. Whether it's gaining clarity on your purpose, setting and achieving huge goals, showing up with authenticity and flow, or building the confidence to unleash your power onto the world, on this podcast, we share it all. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as we embark on this journey together. This is the Mess to Success podcast. Welcome to the podcast, hey. Beck. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> very excited to have you. I know that the listeners of the podcast are going to get so much value from you. So thank you so much. So um, for anyone who may not know who you are, who's listening, can you just give us a snapshot of who you are and introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Beck Stewart. Um, I guess you could say I'm a part-time micro-influencer and part-time corporate communications professional. I live um, <laughs> the best of both worlds at the moment. So um, yeah, I, did a, I do a bit of everything. I do social media on the side. So I work for myself. I sell a, um, I guess it's a goal-setting product, if you will. It's the habit tracker. So that's part of what I do and who I am. And then I also went to university and studied communications as well. And I do that in the big corporate world as well. So yeah, a bit of everything. I say to my partner every day, I feel like I, I live a bit of a Hannah Montana life. Like even today I've done like, you know, eight till 4.30 and then jumped on a podcast with you, you know, straight after. So it's very weird, but I love it. Very busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that too, because I think like as much as where you see a lot of people like, oh, living the dream, like I left my corporate job completely and now I work for myself. Like that's just not the reality for so many people. And I feel like that is so much more relatable to the people listening to this podcast because a lot of them do, you know, they work full-time or they work part-time and they have side hustles and business business ventures. So I'm so excited to chat to you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. So, so yeah. true. Yeah. So because this is the Mess to Success podcast, I like to ask every single guest this question because everyone's answer is so different. And that is, what does success mean to you? Just happiness. To be fully 100% 
happy. Like you don't have to be, you know, in the, you know, number one career or have the most money in the world. If I'm happy and content with my life, I am successful. I love that answer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's something I stick by. Like, I feel like it definitely comes from my family. Like we didn't have the best of the best, but we were so happy with what we had because we had each other. And that's something that I've, you know, passed on to Zach as a partner of mine. Um, Yeah. If, as long as we're happy where we are, we don't have to have, you know, the biggest and best house or the most money or the most followers on Instagram or the best career. We're happy because we, you know, we have each other and yeah. I honestly think that's so true because if you focus on happiness, everything else just kind of falls into place. Like money kind of falls into place, opportunities spring up. It's just, if you focus on happiness, success will find you. So true. I love that. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's start from the start. So when did you first start your journey with sharing on social media and what motivated you to do that? Did you do it intentionally? Were you like, okay, I want to become a micro influencer or did you kind of fall into it over time? It was totally by accident, like totally by accident. And to be honest, I think it started like eight years ago now. And I can't even recall where the pivotal moment was, but I just started, you know, posting more than just pictures of my dog or my lunch. I would start, you know, posting what I'm wearing that day or what I'm doing that day. And um, I guess it just accidentally started from there. And I started to get a bit of an audience. Um, I was very much into my health and fitness at the time. So I was always talking about, you know, what I was listening to, like music at the gym or what I was eating and what I was doing at the gym, new activewear pieces. I just, I guess it started from there, a total accident. Um, But yeah, when it started to um, roll a little more, I was like, okay. And I remember I was at 9,000 followers and I got my first paid, I think it was 9,000. It could have been less than that actually, but I got my first paid um, job with Spotify and they were like, hey, like just just talk about the fact that you listen to us at the gym because we, we've seen that you do. And I was like, okay, I can make money from just doing everything I do every day. I'm going to run with this. So I got a little taste of it and I just ran with it. And I guess here we are. Yeah. And <laughs> like, like that's job. <laughs> so cool as well. Like for your first paid to be Spotify, like it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I almost cried. I was like, Oh my God, it's Spotify. Like it's not just a, you know, a small business or something that you would expect to be your first paid gig. It was like a big, big opportunity. I was like, wow, that is I'm running. awesome. <laughs> I love that. So, um, I also like on your social media, you're quite into like wellness and personal development. So when did you get into that side of things? Was that from the start or did that kind of come in over time? It's always personal development and wellness and um, being, I guess, a source of motivation is has always been part of who I am. My, If you met my mom, she is just like an older version of me. She Aww. is just so into that and like being the best version of you and like passing that on to other people and encouraging that you know, for other people. So I guess it's always been an element of who I was, but I never thought that I could talk about it or go into depth on social media about that. So it was a part of me from the beginning, but I held back for a really long time. And then the more I got into social media and then the more I got into the world of influencer marketing and whatnot, I saw that other people were leveraging from that and just being themselves. And, you know, so I was like, you know what, screw it. Let's just be myself, see what happens. Um, and yeah, I guess here we are. It's just 
you know, gone from there, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. And I think it's so cool that like your mum was into that growing up. Like that would have been so awesome learning from her. Um, So how was it transitioning from, you know, working full-time? So were you working full-time in communications before you kind of dropped down to part-time? Yes, I was. So I went to uni full-time. I studied communications and then I went straight into the full-time workforce doing like marketing and engagement. Um, And then COVID actually hit. COVID was my pivotal moment because at the workplace I was at at the time, I was on pretty good money. I was in a really secure job, my first full-time job. And I got made redundant because of COVID. So I had to really pivot. I was like, I either, I couldn't get a job at the time. No one could. It was so hard to get a job. So I was like, what can I do? Like, what resources do I have? What skill set do I have that I can make money or make a living, you know? So I was like, let's just run with social media. And it took off. Like COVID was awesome for me in terms of my growth and my social media. So I was earning enough to, um, I guess, back myself throughout that period. But at the same time, I still really wanted to advance my skills as a professional. Um, I still wanted, I guess, in the communications field, I can implement everything I I do at work into my personal business. Um, And I don't know whether you saw, but my Instagram account just about three days ago was hacked and it was deleted. I was going to ask you about that. Like, oh my gosh. Like this is to anyone listening. Oh God. We'll get into that in a moment, but just a little PSA to anyone listening. Just a reminder that social media can leave overnight. It can be deleted and your entire livelihood is gone. Not to scare you, but have those backups. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad I had an education in the communications field. I had a part-time job in the communications field and I could rely on that. Um, But yeah, anyway, I'm just going to close my window because there's birdies out. Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, anyway, back to the original questions. That's how I transitioned from, I guess, full-time to part-time. COVID was a pivotal moment. I feel like COVID is a pivotal moment for so many people because you have to make it work. You have no option. Um, So yeah. And then from there, I was like, I can, you know, I'm earning enough from social media that I can bump down to part-time and it's the best thing I ever did. I love having that security in the background while, while also being able to work on what I'm passionate about at the same time. Yeah. I love that. And I actually find that so interesting because um, it's like, kind of similar like I work full-time in marketing and then I have the podcast on the side so I really relate to you so much in that like you know I did go to uni for this I'm proud that I'm in this career and like even though yes it's so like I love doing social media and stuff that is also like something that I'm not willing to let go of so um is that like why do you I guess what is the motivations for you in keeping that part-time job you know keeping up the communication side of things is that something you'll probably keep going or are you looking to more move into social media full-time it's a really good question and it's actually a conversation I have with my dad believe it or not I said to him I without giving too much away um I had my I think it was six month review or something with my workplace um and they essentially asked me what my long time like my long-term goals are as a professional and I said I think Social media is not going to, for me personally, is not going to 
be there forever. I can't do social media forever. Like realistically, I'm going to get older. There's going to be a newer generation of micro influencers and influencers, and they're going to take over. Like that's a reality. Unfortunately, that's, that's what pop culture is. That's what social media is. So um, I guess I went to uni for communications and I want, I'm so I'm in the biggest hex debt, you know? So I'm like, I want to make sure it's worth it. I'm going Same. to go. <laughs> I am going to go and, you know, put my skills to, you know, the test, I guess, in a real life setting. And I actually love being able to go into the office and communicate with other professionals and colleagues. And um, yeah, I guess I just don't see myself doing social media my entire life. And I want to have that back up there. And the communications field and the marketing field is where I want to advance myself eventually. So And I have the option to have the best of both worlds. So why not? You know, I love that. I think that's so awesome that you're, that you acknowledge that as well. Like, I just think that's so cool that, that you do both. So how do you juggle everything then? Like, do you feel busy? Like, does it feel like a a lot doing both? Yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. Like some days I get home and I'm like, dude, why do I do this to myself? Like even today, just reflecting now, like I, I woke up super early, did my housework, then I did my, you know, my nine to five and then jumped straight onto a podcast. I've got to edit a reel straight after this. I've got to upload and I've got to do invoices and emails that came through today. And it's just like, it's a lot, yeah. but the social media aspect doesn't actually feel like a job to me. So like even on weekends or like holidays or public holidays, I will still inverted commas work for on my social media because it doesn't feel like work I love it so much I love the community I love the connection and it's just it doesn't feel like work for me so yeah yeah and <laughs> it's different I love it. I think that comes through on your social media as well because you really are such like just like a positive light like it really seems like you enjoy it so much and that kind of brings me on to my next question which is your reels slash tiktoks they are amazing if you haven't seen them guys obviously like follow back on instagram like they're so satisfying and like so motivating like what's your process of like making them like how did you get into that like tell us a little bit about that because i love it yeah, so um, TikTok was a complete accident. I I wanted nothing to do with TikTok at the beginning. Like I just, I got on it because it was fun to watch people dance and it was, you know, I found a real, like a lot of funny stuff on there and I was like, this is cool, but I could never make videos. Like what the hell is this? I'm too old for this. And then one day I decided to film my Sunday reset. It was the shittest, I don't know whether I can swear. But you can, you can. <laughs> She just video. I was like, this is just going to get three views. Anyway, I uploaded it and it essentially made it, it got like 300,000 views or something. It blew up my account. It blew up my social media. Like people were coming over to um, my Instagram account because they saw that. And oh I sort gosh. of, just became, yeah. So it sort of started again as an accident. Um, so, and then I was like, actually, let's start getting into reels as well. So I used to do social media management and a massive, um, thing that I would tell my clients was get onto reels. Cause they're a fantastic way to grow. Cause it, it, they can blow up at any time and anyone can see them, which can then convert those visitors as followers anyway. So I was like, let's just see how that goes again, did really, really well. I did wonders for my account. So I feel like video content People love it. People love the short, you know, consumptions of content because it's easy to consume. It's easy to digest. It's fun. Um, 
So yeah, and I just love editing them. And I agree, they are so satisfying to watch. They're so satisfying to edit. I'm like, yes. oh, I'll, I'll like do, I'll spend like half an hour on a video and I'll watch it through. And I'm like, oh girl, you did well. Like this is good. <laughs> I love that so much. That's literally me watching back my own, every single piece of content that I make. Like I watch it back. I'm like, yes. amazing seating. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, So while I was, yeah, while I was research, that was my next question was while I was researching, I did notice that um, when your account got taken down, like what, did you find out why it got taken down and how is it getting it back? Like what, that's insane to open up your Instagram and everything is gone. I would not wish the process of losing an account on my worst enemy. If you lose your Instagram account, you are screwed. And not because it's impossible to get it back. It's because Instagram is honestly the worst to deal with. Like they have no dedicated support team. They have no one you can contact, no emails, absolutely nothing. So I was on holiday living my best life in Coachella, at Coachella in California. Um, and I had just finished my last day at Coachella and I had uploaded a story, got back to my hotel and I was like, time for a shower, time for bed and to chill. Like it's Coachella's over. Yeah. Anyway, got out of the shower, put my phone on charge. This is very in detail. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, let me just watch my story back one more time. I opened up the Instagram app and I was completely logged out and I was like, okay, that never happens. Yeah. I yeah, something was wrong. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I went to go log in and it told me my password was wrong. And I was like, no, 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 not on. And then it was like, send like reset password link. And I was like, yes, send. It never arrived in my email. So the hacker got in and changed my email to his or her email. So they received the link to reset everything. And so then it was it within seconds. Um, I tried to log in again and it told me underscore Beck Stewart doesn't exist. And I was like, no, 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 no. I ran into like the other room to get Zach's phone to try and search myself up. And it said, user not found. And I was like, I'm done. Eight oh years. my gosh. Eight years of work and you're on holidays. You're on holidays trying to enjoy yourself. Oh my God. Like, like, could you have waited till I got home at least? Anyway, so um, I had my first ever panic attack, had a oh. panic attack on the bathroom floor of my hotel room. <laughs> well, I mean, it's no and wonder. That's-, that's so much work. And so like, like you said, you started it nine years ago. That's community. That is like, yeah. and people who don't do social media, they may not understand because it's not like just the shallow aspects of it or anything like that. It's, it's yeah. your community. It's your creativity. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. So, and then I woke up the next morning at 5am, I had got an email from the hacker and he had said, well, he or she, I beg your pardon, I shouldn't jump to conclusions, but based on the name that was attached to the email, it it sounded like a man. So I'm going to say he from here on out. Um, He had essentially said, "Um, I have deactivated your Instagram account. And if you don't pay me a thousand dollars, I'm going to permanently delete it. They blackmailed you? Yeah. They literally, I was like, I cannot. And you know what? 
if, if Zach wasn't there, like I was ready to cough up a thousand dollars. I was ready to go because I was like, I just, I need it back because this is yeah. my safety blanket. Like this has nothing to do with followers and everything to do with the fact that this is my job. Like this is part-time job for me. Yeah. And if I lose this, everything changes, yeah. you know, like my income, which affects every other aspect of my life changes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was so stressful. And Zach was like, do not pay him. Do not even bother. And then I later found out that he actually didn't even disable my account. It was Instagram that disabled it because they identified suspicious activity. So they yeah. disabled it. So if I had paid him, he wouldn't have been able to get it back. So if you are listening to this and you ever get your account hacked and they're holding it to ransom, do not pay them. They haven't deactivated it. Instagram has. Oh they cannot God. recover it. Anyway, so for eight days straight, like I'm not even joking, like eight days straight for hours, I was like doing absolutely everything I can to get it back. I was submitting like 50, like five zero, 50 appeals. Like I was talking to like 70 different Facebook representatives via like a, a Facebook chat. It was so bad. Like, and the amount of stress, like I literally broke out in hives. Oh. I was so stressed. Anyway, I would not wish it on anyone. Like oh it was so hard to get back. And I know influencers who are bigger than me who still have been unable to get their account back. And how did you get yours back? How did that, how did they? I had, um, I had an inside connection, if you will, that had a contact to someone that worked at Meta or Meta, whatever it is, the new yeah. Facebook name. Um, and if that person didn't give me that contact, I wouldn't have got it back I would have had to start again that's crazy yeah so wow well I'm so glad you got your account back you definitely deserve to have it back and what a freaking scumbag for you know hacking accounts like yours and trying to extort money from people like it's actually disgusting like and it wasn't even like losing the account was one thing but to be so incredibly violated of my own identity like he took my identity on on that channel like he totally ripped me of my identity and he violated my privacy I was a victim of a cyber attack and then what's worse is because Instagram sent me no email saying that there was an attempt there was a password change there was nothing so I thought that he had hacked my email as well and deleted the email like the security emails so I checked like login activity of my email he had tried to log in failed attempts uh, 17 times he tried to hack into my email account and he had changed his VPN to all different VPNs all over the world. So China, Poland, Russia, um, Mexico, USA, Sydney. He had oh tried all different types like, and it was like one after another. Like I could see the time that he was trying to hack and it, he was just changing the VPN so he couldn't be tracked. It is disgusting. So this is another reminder to anyone oh listening. Oh, my God. Change your passwords to everything right now. Like as soon as this podcast finished, go and change your passwords because it is not worth, oh, my God, it is no. not worth it. I'm definitely changing my passwords. And, like, this has been so enlightening as well because I kind of operated on the assumption, like, I don't know why, but I just kind of have this assumption, like, oh, well, surely if you've got, like, a, a following of some kind, even anything over 10,000, surely Instagram would look after you. They'd reach out to you. They'd help you get your account back. I didn't realize that it was like, you're really on your own in this process. 
you are on your own unless you are like an A-grade celebrity and you make the platform money somehow with what you do and, you know, what you are, I guess, good luck to you. Wow. (laughs) It is so, it is so bad. And you think that an organisation that is just so big, as big as it is, would have better security. Like there's an actual gap. Like there's a, a full patch, I think, that needs to be fixed on the platform because, as I said, I got no security emails. And what's even more confusing is I had two-factor authentication on as well. So I don't know whether this person had like a bot that could override oh my everything, gosh. but it was really, it was really confusing. Yeah. And I don't know how it happened, but it did. And I'm just so grateful that wow. I've got it back. And like you said, it's not about, you know, the following or being an influencer. It is an income stream and it is something that you've put so much time to build like oh my gosh I'm, I'm just so glad that you got it back that's Me too. so good <laughs> um so now I would love to talk about the habit tracker so I like <laughs> on this podcast there are so many episodes about productivity habits goal setting so like this podcast is like like tell us all about it like this is the perfect audience to hear about this like I want to know from the start, like what made you decide to launch the product pro- product, and what was it like? Okay. So the habit tracker started, I'm going to say two or three years ago when I was in my, I had just started my full-time job and I had a lot of goals around, um, I guess, career, but also goals around like health and fitness and then myself as a micro-influencer as well. And I said to myself, I think it was at the beginning of the year and it was like time to set my New Year's resolutions. And I sat down and I said to myself, okay, I have all these resolutions and I've done this in the, in the past, but I could never achieve absolutely everything I wanted. I couldn't understand why, what the gap was. Why couldn't I achieve everything that I put my mind to, you know? So I literally Googled it and I said, how to actually achieve your goals, right? (laughs) And um, I came across the concept of habit tracking and I am very much into strategies that are backed by science or neuroscience or psychology. So I sort of delved into the concept of habit tracking And essentially, um, it was talking about how it takes approximately 66 days for a behavior to turn into a habit. So they were saying, if you want to create a habit or a new goal or a new lifestyle, you have to do it consistently for a certain amount of time. So I was like, you know what? Let's put it to the test. Like, like, let's actually try it. Like, I'm going to give myself a challenge. Let's stick to this one thing for 66 days. So I found a habit tracker template on Pinterest printed it off. And then I put my, everything I wanted to achieve for 66 days and it worked. I was like, okay, this is, why is no one talking about this? Like, why is it not a thing? So, um, anyway, I remember I just put it on my story one day. I showed everyone just, just this random template I found on Pinterest. And everyone said to me, oh my God, please send me a copy of this. Like I, and I went through my emails not so long ago, actually, just to see how many I sent. I think I sent around 300. Oh my gosh. I manually sent all my followers that were interested in this habit tracker, like manually typing, hey girl, like this is that, and manually attaching it. And that was oh while I was gosh. working. Anyway, so I was like, You're a okay. legend for like these girls <laughs> that you sent it to. Geez, that's so nice. <laughs> And then um, I decided to make my own. So I put like a little quote on the bottom of it, attached my name to it, just made it really pretty and very me, I guess. And then um, I started to send that one to everyone. 
and then it turned into like a little book. I wanted to have a template for every single day, sorry, every single month of the year. Um, so I made a little book and I had a little motivational quote for every um, month and I started to sell that. I made no money from that. I paid for everyone's shipping. I, it cost me a fortune to get it printed because I just went and to like a local printer around the corner from my house because um, I didn't want to make anything from it. It was just, I was so passionate about it. I didn't care. So, um, and I loved seeing that it worked for people and it helped people and it totally transformed the way they approached goals and like, you know, setting habits. Um, and it just fueled my fire. I was like, I have to make this a thing. Like I have to make it, I guess, a thing, you know? And so I found a manufacturer that could, you know, produce it, um, more costly for me. Obviously I wasn't losing money. Um, and yeah, I guess, end of last year I decided to rebrand and redesign it and now it's my actual baby that I sell and I promote and changing lives and it's just the best thing I've ever done in my entire life and it's just so organic and you know so organic to me and so different no one's done it and I just oh I just love it it's my little baby I love that so much and I mean just hearing you talk about it just now it is clear that you are like you are so passionate about this and it really just comes from such a place of like authenticity passion like oh my gosh I'm sitting here I'm like I need to order 10 I need 10 like (laughs) I need oh my god yeah I love it I love it so much I was actually um in the lunchroom at my workplace a couple of weeks ago and um uh, one of my colleagues, she found me on Instagram. So I don't tell everyone that I do Instagram yeah. in my workplace. It's a bit, I don't know. I just, anyway. Fair she enough said to, to me, keep it separate. Yeah. Yeah. I just prefer that. Anyway, so she said to me, I found you on Instagram and I followed you and I like looked into your habit tracker thing. And she was like, tell me about it. And I took up like 15 minutes of her time in the lunchroom, just going on and on and on and on and on about it, how much I love it and how good it is. And she was like, I can just tell by the energy coming off you right now. This is your thing. Like you love this and I'm like girl let me get you a coffee like honestly (laughs) but yeah I agree it's very it's just so organic to me and it's just I'm just running with it like I love it I just love it yeah I really enjoy that story because like so many times you hear like with the pandemic I feel like a lot of people really went through the whole like oh I want to be a digital nomad like I want to be an entrepreneur working for my laptop so I feel like a lot of people really intentionally tried to like okay what e-commerce business like drop shipping like I can do this I can do that so I really like that yours it was just like such a natural progression from like just sending out this little Pinterest document (laughs) into actually creating your own product like that's insane Yeah. It says, I'm very proud of my story. (laughs) Yeah. As you should be, as you should be. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I love it. Love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, like what piece of advice would you give to someone who is considering launching a product-based business or what has been, I guess, like the biggest lesson for you on this journey? It's very cliche and it's cliche because it works. It's just start, do your research. I I remember when I decided to make it, I guess, a business for myself, I dedicated like a little brainstorming day for myself. I did my market research. I did, you know, my consumer persona. I did some research on what, you know, um, the best website builders are and the best this and the best that. And um, started to brainstorm like color schemes okay what's my tone and voice for this I just had like a little session to myself and like really mapped out I actually 
I'm not going to get it down because obviously the podcast, you know, <laughs> you can't see it. But I had a big, um, I went to Office Works and I got a big um, whiteboard and I just wrote the habit tracker in the middle. And then I just branched off all these ideas, the colors I wanted, the text that I wanted, everything to do with the business. And I just, I, I just started and it just, it just goes from there. Once you get, I guess the hardest part of it is like starting. And once you start, you do, your momentum just continues until it's like this full-blown thing and you're like, oh, okay, I've just launched a product. Um, but yeah, number one piece of advice, just start. Sit down with yourself, dedicate a day, even if it's just on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon or something and just start, put it all on paper and yeah, just start. Love it. So are you still doing, are you doing everything by yourself or do you have help or is it just like a one woman show at this point in time? It's just me at the moment. I have, um, you really do do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hired a PA at the end of last year, I think it was, or beginning of this year. Um, just cause it was getting too much. Like I just needed a little bit of help with like, um, taking photos and things like that. But in terms of like the habit tracker, it is all me. And it is a shame. Like I would love a team, but it's just like, I just, I don't know how to approach that or when the right time is to approach that. Um, Cause even I'm a bit restricted uh, being a, you know, a one man show. Um, when I went on holidays, I couldn't obviously take any orders cause there was no one there to pack. And mom said to me, I'll help you pack. And I'm like, mom, no, like, it's fine. Like everything will be right. Just wait till I'm back. Um, but yeah, just me at the moment. Um, I am a bit of a control freak. Um, so I'm okay at the moment. With I relate on that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember when it got really busy around Christmas last year, all the um, orders came through and Zach, my partner was like, Oh, I'll help you, you know, pack some things. And I'm like, no, like you don't pack it the right way. And you don't put the sticker on the right way. And you don't fold the tissue paper the right way. I will do it. And I was up till like one, two, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, just trying to pack all these things. He's like, dude, let me help. And I'm like, no, don't. Then I'll have to redo it. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, just oh, the moment, but yeah. I think board as we um begin to escalate and things start to move again I probably will start to lean on my PA a little bit more she only works for me one day a week but she may be getting in a little bit more um, as we go so yeah exciting (laughs) and do you find that um anything from like your background of marketing and um communications has helped in this business totally in every in every way shape or form right from you know the way I pitch myself as an influencer or, or you know or a businesswoman right down to you know um connecting with people and um I guess positioning myself as a brand on you know the internet um it has honestly I'm so grateful that I went down you know the route of studying marketing because it has yeah, totally assisted in every way, shape or form for both myself as a micro influencer and as like, you know, a businesswoman as well. So I'm glad that I'm doing both. And again, that's another reason why I'm continuing to stay in the communications field, you know, corporate communications is because I'm still to this day implementing so much that I'm learning in my job to my personal business as well. So um, yeah, I think I'd be silly to give that away, to be completely honest. As hard yeah. as it is to juggle sometimes, um, I, yeah, it's really 
assisting me. So no, I'm the exact same. I've even considered, I'm like, oh, should I, um, you know, do something like, should I go back into retail? So I have more time to focus on this. And then I was like, no, I like marketing is giving me so much that is applicable to the podcast and, you know, all of that other stuff, like, you know, making a website, writing copy, like scheduling calendars. Like it's so helpful and so transferable. Yeah. I totally agree. Even down to like EDMs and stuff, like sending out emails. And I'm like, I could not have known how to do this if I wasn't in marketing. Like I just wouldn't have known what an EDM was like, you know, like it's even like, you know, lead generators and like creating a PDF and like all of that. Like I would not have known anything about that if it were not for working in marketing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Get into marketing guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're not biased at all. um so what would you say is like the most rewarding part of doing what you're what you do you know being a micro influencer having your business you know working part-time like what's the most rewarding part for you um I guess in terms of social media it's receiving messages from people saying you know like you're such a light in my life or your habit tracker has totally changed the way that I approach everything, like it's changed my life. Like not long ago, I posted um, a piece of feedback that I got on my private Facebook community. Um, A girl uh, bought the habit tracker and had been using it for a couple of months. And she was like, I've achieved everything I've wanted to do since I started this habit tracking, like the concept of habit tracking. And I just want to thank you. Like this is totally on you. And I was like, first of all, I cried. I was like, this is the most incredible piece of feedback. Um, but yeah, like obviously I, I I try and preach a lot of positivity on my platform um, and yeah, just seeing that impact other people is honestly so rewarding. It is honestly the best feeling. And if I didn't have the community I have online, I wouldn't continue. Like it's yeah. all because of you guys and like, yeah, the messages and the comments and the stories of how just something I've posted, even about my day or you know, deciding to get up and go for a walk. And, you know, they're like, you're the reason I got up to exercise today. And I'm like, guys, honestly, you guys are why I do what I do. Yeah. It's the best feeling. It is, it is so rewarding. That is so amazing. And honestly, Beck, like you should be so proud of the community that you've created because it really, like you really are changing people's lives with what you do, like with habit tracking and like it's just so powerful. So, I mean, obviously you've got the habit tracker, but like, how do you keep yourself accountable to your goals or like, what do you actually um, like do in your day to day? Because you are such an action taker and a go-getter and have you always been like this or was it through the habit tracking that you've been able to become like this? Um, I would say I've always been like this. Um, I've always been a go-getter. If I want something, I'll get it. Um, but in saying that, habit tracking has really assisted with that, like cliche again, but it has changed my life and the way that I approach my goals. It's even like, I wish I could take you, I wish I could take the laptop down and show you, but <laughs> on my fridge, even I, like I've got all my goals, you know, set and my habits set, but I still utilize a habit tracker every day. So much so, Zach now does it. So he's got his gym in there. He's got his, you know, his macro goal in there, his yep. water goal. Um, 
yeah, so I've always been like that, but coming across the concept of habit tracking has really assisted in every way. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it's really helped to implement and solidify everything that I've, I've been brought up with and, you know, I know. So yeah, a bit of both <laughs> to answer the question. I love that. So this is another question that I like to ask a lot of people because I am just such a sticky beak and I'm so nosy, but what is your morning routine? So it's a bit in shambles at the moment because obviously coming back from America, I have the worst jet lag I've ever had in my entire life. But anyway, on a good day, I'll get up around 4.30. So Zach gets up really early. He's a tradie. So he's up around like 3.30 sometimes. And oh my gosh. <laughs> anywhere between 3.30 and 4.30. So I'll get up at 4.30. Um, I will take the dogs for a walk. I have Coda and Dexy, so they'll go for a walk in the what morning. What breed are they? So Dex is a miniature dashi and he's beautiful. And then we also have Coda. She's an Australian cattle dog, a red oh, cattle dog. So and cute. she she's a very reactive little gal. She doesn't like a lot of people and she doesn't like any other dogs. She doesn't like bikes. She doesn't like, she's just reactive. Yeah. So I've got to take her really, really early in the morning before anyone else is awake. So that's why I get up so early. I don't... I, I work from home a lot of the time. I've been lucky enough to um, only have to go into the office one day a week for my part-time job. So I don't really need to get up that early, but I love getting up early anyway. Yeah. And walking my daughter, I call her my daughter. Ah, <laughs> they are children. My pets are my children as well. So. <laughs> so yeah, I'll walk them really, really early, come home, do the morning chores. So make the bed, do the dishwasher, do some journaling if I feel I need to do that. Um, have some brekkie and then get ready for work, get stuck into work. And then the day just sort of rolls from there. Um, I am kind of in lingo at the moment with my gym routine. I'm liking afternoon at the moment, but I'm like, oh, I really like the morning as well. But then what, what do I do with Coda? Like, do I walk her in the morning? Do I walk her late at night? It's a bit of a shambles at the moment. I'm kind of in a transition period with my routine, but we'll get there. As long as I get my steps in and my gym session in, I'm a happy gal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And speaking of like, what kind of movement are you into at the gym at the moment? Like weights or Pilates? Like what's your vibe? Yeah. So I currently have a coach, a training and nutrition coach, and we are um, solely doing um, weight training at the moment. I've been doing that for the past three years. Um, I used to be a cardio bunny um, for no reason other than I just really enjoyed it. I used to do F45 for like three years. Um, and then I just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I want to try weight, weight training. And that's when I actually started to notice some really positive results in um, my body and my strength. And um, so I've just gone from there and I'm at a point now where I'm, I know what I'm doing when, in the weight section. I feel confident in the weight section and I'm sort of just progressing in strength um, at the moment. So yeah, solely weights in the more at the moment and then um, walking in the morning as well. I love that. And I always tell people like people underestimate the power of walking because people like I used to hate exercise. Like before the pandemic, I was a total slob. Like I did not <laughs> exercise and now I love it. Like I've completely transformed my mindset towards working out. And people always say to me, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you go from like hating, like hating exercise? Like I don't want to go outside. Um, and I always say walking, start by mm. walking. It is the best thing you can do. Just get into the habit of going for a walk and build from there. Totally. I, 
I actually walk with no headphones in 90% of the time, no podcast, no music or anything. I especially also, because I go so early in the morning, it is the most beautiful sound of just like silence. And then you get to a point of the morning where the birds are waking up and it's just like silence and birds. And it's like, oh, this is like what dreams are made of this sound. And it's almost like meditating. Oh my God, it's the best. And it's the best way to start my day because it's just like a clear head. Like you don't have any, like anything outside world coming in. It's just pure silence and like you and the dogs. Best feeling, best sound. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm going to have to go for it because I usually go in the afternoon. So I'm going to have to try it the early morning walk. You've converted me. Try it. And it's the best feeling as well. Like low key, you're like, I'm up before everyone else. This is such a good feeling. Like no one's awake and I'm like yep. getting my steps up already. Like it's it's really good. And then like the sun's rising. Oh, it's the best. Yep. Best ever. Give it a go. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely giving that a go. Um, <laughs> so I guess I wanted to ask, what would you say to someone who is considering Maybe they're considering to start posting on social media. Maybe they're considering to start a business, but they're just like, they maybe they have a little bit of self-doubt. Maybe they're a bit worried about what people think. What would be your advice to someone in that position? Put yourself in the deep end. Just, and I guess this is reflecting and coming back and circling back to the just start concept. Yeah. I remember when I first started on um, social media and um, I needed to get on my stories as part of deliverables for brands, I was so scared. I had people from high school following me. I had like my, you know, my nanny following me. I had my aunties and everyone following me. And I was like, oh, I feel so awkward. Like people are going to be like, who the, who the hell does she think she is? Like, and I just had to literally jump in the deep end and just do it. Like you just have to. Otherwise. When is it going to happen? Like no one's going to do it for you. It's totally up to you. You can either, you know, jump into the deep end or do it and do it and like, you know, excel from there or just shy away and just regret the whole time, you know, wishing that you had done it. Just jump in, get on the stories, show up. You will like, you'll never regret it. And who cares what other people think? Honestly, that has been such a block for me for the longest time and it has looking back like I'm 26 like I'm not that old but looking back on like when I guess 1920 there were so many opportunities that I didn't take because I was worried what people would think of me and what people would say about me and looking back now I'm like who cares like who cares this Mm -hmm. is your life you're going to see someone else doing exactly what you wanted to do And you did it because you were scared of what other people think. Who cares? Just do it. Just do it. I love that so much. And it's so true as well. And like when I started posting on social media, I was the exact same, but I had like no following. I just knew I wanted to do it. So I'm there acting like an influencer when I've got like literally three followers, two of which are from high school. It was like, I was like, I've just got to do it. Like act as if, and it will happen. And like now it's nothing. Like I don't even, I forget that I used to be so scared of it, but I was, I was terrified. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, post on story. Like that's nothing. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. And even when I um, first started on TikTok as well, like when I first started posting, I had, I don't know whether they're going to listen to this, but I had um, someone from my workplace at the time, my old workplace, tell me, they said to me, oh my God, like, why are you making videos? Like, they're so cringe. And I'm like, okay, 
look at me now. Like, oh I'm, my like, gosh. So maybe my videos were cringe, but I'm making a livelihood off this. I've ran with this opportunity and look where I'm at now. Exactly. All because I didn't listen to what you said. Exactly. You know, like, just don't listen. Just don't listen to people who have negativity. Like, just find people who, and that's one of the biggest things. Honestly, one of the biggest things that have changed my life is finding friends that have the same goals and are into the same things. Yeah. And now I've got a lot of like inverted commas influencer friends who just back me and support me and who are like, oh my god, like you're doing so well. It's just like the best environment to be in. So just get rid of the negativity and yeah. find people that are on the same page as you because there are people out there. They're out yeah. there. You just got to find. That's so awesome. And I completely agree with you. Like if someone is going to give you a piece of criticism, but they are not even doing that thing themselves, like they're going to judge you for posting on social media, but they're not even doing it themselves. Like, I'm sorry, you don't have any legs to stand on. Like, why would I listen to you? Like if you don't have skin in the game, keep your feedback to yourself. Like, yeah, that was, oh my God, that reminds me of that quote. I think it's, I don't know who it's from, but it was like, if you're not in the same arena as me getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Yes. And I'm like, yes, that's it. That's yes. it. Like if you're not giving what you want to do a go, you don't have the right to tell me that my, what I'm doing is cringe. Like you're exactly. not, in, we're not on the same playing field here. We're not in, you're not in the same arena as I am. So F off. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think we must have both seen the same quote because as soon as I heard that quote, like that was a game changer for me. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Totally. I totally, yeah. When I saw it, I think I, I was like, oh my God, I've got goosebumps. That is so true. Like yeah. that is so true. I have to implement that. A hundred percent. So I did want to ask as well, what is next for Beck Stewart? Like you've just got so much happening at the moment. Like you're just like killing it. What's next? <laughs> So I guess at this point in time, I'm just giving, I'm, I'm kind of cranking it up a gear in terms of everything that I'm currently doing. I'm like cranking it up. I'm ready to just accelerate everything I'm currently doing. I haven't got any new ventures or anything like that ready to go. I'm just taking everything that I currently have and giving it 110%. Like it's non-negotiable from like I said to Zach when we landed back in Australia, like going to the, going to Los Angeles and being around like celebrities and like um, successful people and um, influencers because we, we went to a lot of um, parties in Coachella. It was so motivating to see these people just living their dream and like making money from it and, you know, just being what they perceive as successful yeah. and I'm like oh I'm so motivated to give everything I'm currently doing 110% non-negotiable like I can't wait to get home and just again have a little sit down session with myself brainstorm all you know all new things that I'm going to do for this concept and you know I'm very motivated to give everything I'm currently doing 110%. Oh my God. So that's next. That is <laughs> so exciting. And I think that is really like the way you've kind of built things. It really lends itself to that. Like, you know, you just started, you just put it out there and then you can always go back and like refine things, like give it more, rejig it rather than kind of like what's next, you know, what's the True. next business venture? Like, cause I am yeah. guilty of that and I spread myself too thin and then things kind of slip through the cracks. So I think it's awesome that you're just focusing on you know, building up what you've already got. Totally. Totally. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So this is the mess to success podcast. However, you know, 
we are smashing it. We're killing it. We are getting our goals. We're doing the thing, but we're still real people. We have our guilty pleasures. So at the end of the podcast, I like to kind of talk about like a little guilty pleasure or a recommendation that I have on the go. And I have totally sprung this on you. I meant to remind you at the start of the episode, but I forgot. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I can go first. I can share my guilty pleasure. If like, if you want to have a little think of anything, just anything throughout the last week, that's just a little guilty pleasure or recommendation. So for me this week, it is definitely the Easter chalky. I have been an animal, like just Mm. absolute animal. And there is this brand of Easter chocolate. And like my mom has always gotten this one brand of Easter chocolate. It's called red tulip. And every single year she gets us red tulip. And like, I'll be honest, I've been a red tulip snob. I'm like, no mom, just get Cadbury. Like, what are you doing? Like, um, just get me a Cadbury egg. Like, come on. But every year she gets the red tulip. And this year she got me red tulip again. And I, of course I was so appreciative. I was like, thank you so much, mom. I love that you still get me eggs. It's beautiful. Um, but I was like, you know, am I really going to eat the, the red tulip egg? And the answer is yes. I devoured it. I literally my entire opinion has changed on red tulip. If there are any red tulip haters out there, I encourage you to try it again because it was bloody delicious. I don't know if they've changed the recipe, but I am a red tulip fan converted. Mom, I know you're going to listen to this. I loved it. I ate mine. I ate Trent's. It was amazing. <laughs> my boyfriend, I ate his. Oh my God. You know what? Now that you say that, I also have the same sort of concept within mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it though. So and this is probably a really unpopular opinion, but the is it the cream or the creme eggs? The cream yep. eggs? Yeah. Okay. I avoided them for so long because everyone's like, they're disgusting. They're mm-hmm. gross. Don't even bother with them. Anyway, I picked them up by accident one day and I'm obsessed with them, like obsessed with them. Zach and I went to the shops before Easter. This was when all like the Easter stuff was just starting to come in. We bought an entire bag and we were like, we'll just have one every single day. We'll put one in our lunchbox every single day. They were gone by that afternoon. I ate the entire bag of cream eggs. (gasps) They are the best chocolate. Well, not the best chocolate, but the best Easter egg ever. And so I told mum, I'm normally a caramel gal. Yeah. And I said to mum, don't get me anything else. Like, don't get yeah. me caramel, don't get me the crunchy ones, don't get me anything. Like, she knows what I normally like, but I'm mm-hmm. like, we should order cream eggs or creme eggs, whatever you call it, because yeah. they're my new go to. I will eat an entire bag in the <sighs> afternoon. I promise you. That is so funny that you say that because like, I've never tried it. And it's one of those things that I've always seen it. I've always been so curious. And I'm just like, I'm not, I was never sure if the consistency, like if I could do the consistency, but I think I'll have to try it now. It's like, um, oh, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like not, it's like, just like a, it's like icing. Oh, okay. Is there yellow inside it? Like an actual, Um, like it looks like a yolk? It's like white tea. It's it's very weird. I'm going to, I'm going to admit it's weird (laughs) and as I said, if I hadn't picked it up one day by accident, I wouldn't have tried it. Yeah. And I saw this meme on Facebook around Easter time and it's, it was like this hierarchy of all the Easter eggs and cream eggs was down the bottom. And I was like, guys, no, it's at the top with Cadbury and red tulip, as you say. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're listening and you haven't tried cream eggs, just give it a go. Just get a little tiny one, just a little bag and then just throw it out if you don't like, I promise. They're good. Yeah. Right. And, and if you try one and you don't like it, send them, send the rest of it back. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> please request my PO box because I will accept them. <laughs> I love that. That's an amazing guilty pleasure. I'm trying it, okay? And I'll message you the results. <laughs> yes, please. Let me know. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom on this podcast. I honestly feel so inspired. Like I feel like you after experiencing Coachella. Like I'm so inspired. I'm so motivated. Like this was such an energizing chat. And I just feel like you have so much valuable insight. You're so clever. And like, it's just awesome to like get to chat to you about your journey. So thank you so much for sharing. And can you just tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yes, nice and easy. My um, Instagram handle is just underscore Beck Stewart. And then it's the same over on TikTok as well. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks for finishing another episode of the Mess to Success podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you followed or subscribed to the podcast and rated it five stars. Don't forget to tag me if you're listening or share this podcast with a friend who might like it. You can find me on social media at Jordan K Creative on Instagram and TikTok. And feel free to visit my website, jordankcreative.com, if you're looking for any of my free resources. You're absolutely incredible for listening, and I'll be back next Friday.